0: Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.
1: It's time to open up the hallowed halls of leadership. It's time to figure out what the secrets are to being a successful leader and running a successful organization. It's time for VoltCast, Illuminating Leadership. Your host is Jeff Smith, an executive coach and business leader who has over two decades of forward-thinking executive leadership as a human resources and operations professional. Now, Jeff and his guest experts are ready to share their tips and studies with you. Now, here is Jeff Smith.
2: Welcome back to Illuminating Leadership. So glad you could be with us today. I've got Jennifer Owen O'Quill with me today. Hello, Jennifer. It's
3: great to see you, Jeff.
2: It is great to see Jennifer. Uh, and uh, I'm not going to stand too close to Jennifer today. We're in the studio, but uh, she was out sick a lot last week. And I'm like, <laughs> uh, it is a beautiful, we had a lot of rain yesterday, but beautiful, sunshiny day today. So I'm hoping it washed all your germs away, That's right. Jennifer. That's right. I feel strong. <laughs> you feel strong. I you I look feel good. All uh, right. All right. Uh, Today, uh, Jennifer and I are going to be continuing our conversation that we started last week with Petra Platzer. So last week, we really were in the mindset of how do you move from the expert to a strategic facilitator? How do you learn to delegate? Why is that so important? And so this week, we're going to get down to practically how do we go about doing that? So um, we get lots of emails and some phone calls from you throughout the course of the week. So we want to make sure you know how to contact us on the show today. Um, So if you want to reach out. Uh, the best ways to do it during the show is 1-866-472-5788. You can also hit me with an email at jeff at com. I generally check those on the breaks. Our website during the week is www.voltageleadership.com. You can like us on Facebook at Voltage Leadership. You can connect with me on LinkedIn at Jeff Smith, Voltage Leadership Consulting, and Jennifer Owen O'Quill on Voltage Leadership Consulting. And then you can follow me on the uh, JMU Jeff on Twitter, and uh, you know, you'll get more than just JMU stuff. There are some other uh, leadership lessons and things like that. So, Jennifer, welcome back. Thanks for being here.
3: It's good to be here, Jeff.
2: Yeah, so uh, Jennifer has been here, there, and everywhere coaching today, doing some uh, strategic facilitation as the week goes along. You know, one of the things that we hear a lot about is this thing called delegation, right? Yeah. And, and so the title of the show is called Share the Load, the Give and Take of Deliberate Delegation. So maybe, Jennifer, can you start off with a... What's the definition at just a high level, a deliberate delegation? I've heard delegation, I've heard deliberate, but putting them together, what's that mean to you?
3: Uh, Well, for me, Jeff, deliberate delegation is more than just uh, swooping by and passing something off and being done with it and assuming that the message got delivered, right? Sure. Almost like we are throwing airplanes of assignments around the office Mm. for one another. And when we are intentional about who we are going to assign work to mm-hmm. and how we are going to assign that work and what the process is that we're going to continue to navigate that assignment beyond just sending the airplane, folding it, folding up that paper airplane and sending it is not delegation. It's a little bit more fuller process. A so deliberate delegation is being intentional through all the phases of delegation from the assignment to the completion of the assignment.
2: I like the airplane analogy. Um, I, I also have heard it dumping as well. You know, like when you just kind of run out and dump something and there's no uh, rhyme or reason for who you delegate it to. There's no real follow-up plan. You're just kind of like, woo. you know. True story. I, I once had a boss that um, uh, he was kind of known for that. Uh, he'd walk out, and the office next to him was where – Errol, the delegation went to, mind you, that had nothing to do with the assignment. It was just, he liked to walk out of the office and go there. And so a person left that office, and I was off of the office. And it was a nice office, was, you know, much nicer than the office I was in. I immediately turned it down. I was like, oh, no, I've seen <laughs> what happens in that one. I'll person keep, in that
3: office. I'll
2: keep my crappy office for four offices down and have a manageable workload. So so listen. good. Jennifer, this is, this is great. I love the outset. Um, maybe tell us, um, you know, so we've got this thing called delegating. You know, and and it seems like it's really important. I get a lot of feedback, though, that people are like, yeah, I know I need to delegate, but but they have a hard time doing it. So let's start out with what are some of the reasons that we're not delegating?
3: Yeah, I think it's time people Mm. know that they can do the task more quickly themselves. The Mm. question is, can you do all of the tasks? right in the time that you have and if you never pause right there's not the delegation happening so it's i don't have time to delegate
2: sure um yeah if we're playing uh family feud ding 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 ding. number one answer that's the one i always hear the most is time time, time. yeah okay good it what t- else
3: t- takes time for these people to learn they'll don't do it as mm, fast as me yeah um, what if they do it wrong
2: oh golly yeah that looks bad on me that huh? looks
3: bad on me and um uh, I know how I want it done.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: And they won't do it the way I do it.
2: <laughs> <Yeah>. It <Which laughs> sounds a- autobiographical here, but yes. <laughs> okay, stop. <laughs> uh,
3: and I think the other the other reason people don't delegate is that they're not really sure which thing to delegate. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Figuring out like is this the right thing to pass off or not? So okay. that's the first obstacle: is which things to
2: delegate. Yeah, you know, those are all good. Uh, You know, I heard some about competency in there. You know, for me, sometimes I like to do the work. You know, know, so there's stuff that I'm like, gosh, you know, should I delegate this to Diane or Jennifer or Lee or Marissa, whomever on our team? But there's sometimes the the stuff that comes in, I'm like, but I like working on that stuff. So there is an element of of you've got to get over that, too, and think about what, who is this right for? You know, can I do all this? Um, other things I, I've got on there too are um, I look down in the and my direct reports are, they're loaded with work too, you know they're really busy and one more thing comes in and well I don't want to be the bad guy make them like have to take on more you know so I think that gets in the way um, and then for some of the folks out there listening you know they may not have direct reports so sometimes there's no one to delegate to so we may want to touch on that later on as well
3: absolutely yeah makes absolutely. sense yes. yeah
2: good okay so um, let's say that I agree that we should be delegating. Seems to make some sense. You know, we'll, we'll, we'll navigate some of those uh, obstacles. But what questions should I be asking myself? How do I decide what to start to think about delegating?
3: I think this place to start is, is a question of prioritization. Mm. What are the priorities that you have? Okay. Um, what has a high level of... Um, it will do quickly and Mm -hmm. it's really important if it's Mm -hmm. due quickly and it's really important and your reputation is on the line. Is that the place to start? (laughs) No, it's those are important questions to ask. So so is this a top priority and how much time do I have? Uh, The other question is about your, it's from the other side. So that's about the tasks that you're pushing, but what about the tasks that What about the people that, that are doing the task? What do they need? Mm-hmm. So where are these people at, right? Um, both my colleagues and the people that directly report to me, and what will serve them? And mm-hmm. that's okay for that to be part of the equation.
2: Yeah, sure. Huh, that's interesting. So what I heard you say a little bit of, you know, when I'm considering delegating, um, how urgent? How urgent? Right. And how important is this, right? And so <clears throat> those are two great things. Well, I think we'll come back to that in a minute. Um yeah. You know, what, tell me about this like too large, you know, because sometimes people feel like oh, what I've got on my plate, you know, can I do it by myself? Is, is it too large to handle for one person? What's the thinking that goes into that? Like, how do I know if it's something's too large and, and should only one person do this or should I split the task?
3: That's a great question. I think, well, how how do you go about answering that question, Jeff, is first question I have for you. And to me, if the project is really big and it's, and it's better shared, you know, is there going to be better thinking if I have somebody else in this with me? Mm-hmm. Is it a better team project than a solo project? And given the scope of work that I have, is it possible for me to accomplish? So there's two ways to look at too large. Is it too large for me? Or is this project too large for one person? Mm-hmm. And those are two different questions.
2: Yeah. <clears throat> you know, I I, um, I was coaching this morning as well. And one of the questions I had, this this guy's um, sort of a, uh, a VP in a hospital, and they get these gargantuan tasks of, like, let's go into a new market. Let's study a whole new market. And that's one of those that feels too large. Yes. Right? I, I, you know, it's kind of obvious. You know, like, okay, now you might be responsible for figuring that out. Let's, let's change terms here. You might be accountable for figuring that out. The responsibility of figuring out the analysis, the pricing, what's the labor, what's the market art look like, even labor market, like, what's there? feels like it's a task that needs to be divided among many people. Many people. Right? But it's interesting because when I first talked to the person, all they could hear was, this is my job, this is my job, this is my job. Right? And they're like, how am I going to fit one more thing on the plate? So what may be obvious to us as large it isn't always obvious to everybody else. And so one of the things I think about is when you are assigned a task or you're thinking about assigning a task is – making sure that people understand just because I'm asking you to do it doesn't mean you physically have to do the work. Think about the resources that are cap- that you have um, with you and who else can you have partner with on that? So I think sometimes it's making sure that when you get this in, asking some quite clarifying questions on the front end to someone that's delegating something to you. Absolutely. Yeah.
3: Okay. yeah. How, and how do how do you want me to get this done if there are specifics about that?
2: Yeah, yeah then I think it's a matter of, okay, let's start to, to, to figure out how long of a timeline do we have What's the complexity of the project? You know, I think those are the things that help us to start to figure out, okay, should one person handle this or is this a, a more, f- you know, for f- four or five people on a team to handle? Good.
3: Okay. Yeah, I hear
2: that. Yeah. How about this? You touched on this a little bit earlier. What about the development part? The development of that, you know, this for others and where's that factor into the dele- delegation? You know, so I like that, that you talked about that, but why is that important for me to consider when I'm delegating and the development of other people that, you know, I don't know that's blindingly obvious to everybody.
3: Well, I think there's two parts to that. One is, does this person have the capacity, the ability mm. to, to actually do something? So, developmentally, where are we at? Am I giving them something that is outside of their capacity and they're not going to know yeah. how to proceed? And what you'll get is somebody who is afraid to come back and tell you that, and they'll get <laughs> further and further behind. So, that that's a, one of the problems. Mm. The other thing that can happen is, if, if we don't think about where our people are needing, is that... Everybody likes interesting work. One hmm. of the things you said uh, when we started is, "Wait a minute, I like that too." And so, how do you really look at where your people are at and what would be interesting for them to try to do something in a different direction? And uh, asking that question both of both of them regularly, so that you know what they're curious about. There, there are interests that are locked inside of people that we don't know about because we don't. They don't show them. Mm-hmm. Because they're not being asked to do that work. So there might be a lot of energy behind somebody for something.
2: Yeah. You know, I've used this example previously um, on on a show somewhere along the way. But, um, you know, I surprisingly don't love budgeting. And um, when I was taking on big assignments, either at a Capital One or a Carillion, um, one of the first things I did was I went to my team and just said, is anyone interested in budgeting? Because um, for a lot of folks, for them to be able to move up to the level that I was, budgeting was one of those things you had to learn. It was kind of one of those necessary evils. You had to get it. And so I could see where it was a growth opportunity for them. As long as I went to them early in the year and said, hey, this is something I want to work with you on, we would set up an extra half an hour hour each month to start working on the budgeting process. And then some half days to get into it. But I gave them plenty of time. So for me, it was I, it wasn't my favorite work, but I knew other people would love to do it. And I love working with people and helping to teach. So it was kind of one of those win-wins. You know, I got to work with my team, you know, a team member, but they got to learn something. So I also think that it's partly, you know, how do you take something that maybe isn't your favorite work or someone else might be better than you at it and letting them grow and develop.
3: And between the two of you, you probably will come up with a better <clears throat> better product in the end.
2: Yeah, absolutely.
3: Well, at least a more creative one.
2: More creative, Yeah. <laughs> Well, I don't know if we want creative budgeting, but okay, you know. <laughs>
3: I'm pretty good at that. Oh, yeah. Well,
2: good to know. <laughs> Wait a second here. Oh, things to make you, hmm, hmm. Well, Jennifer's going to be on the show today the whole time. Um, here's, I think, how we're going to sort of roll the show is we're giving you some sense of uh, some of the challenges to delegating. We've got a model that we call deliberate delegation. I think we'll start working our way into the deliberate delegation. And what are some of the ways that we talk about um, how do you go about effectively being a good delegator? but also a good receiver of delegation. So as we continue, please feel free to send us an email or a phone call with questions. In the meantime, it's time for a break. So we'll catch you in about two minutes. Thanks. Streaming live,
4: the leader in internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. the Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com
1: You are listening to Volcast Illuminating Leadership. To reach Jeff Smith or his guests today, please call 1-866-472-5788. Again, that's 1-866-472-5788. You may also send an email to Jeff at VoltageLeadership.com. Now back to Voltcast Illuminating Leadership.
2: Welcome back. I'm here with Jennifer Owen O'Quill today, and we are having a conversation around deliberate delegation. How do we give and share the load of the projects that we're working on as effectively as possible? So our goal is we, we assume that we've accepted the mindset that we can't do it all. Now, how do we go about practically doing it? So... Yeah, Jennifer, glad that you're here today. So let's dive in. So deliberate delegation, we've given a definition of it. What I'm curious about is, you know, what what goes wrong in delegation so that we can move to this model? So, you know, what are some things that go, whoops, that didn't quite work out like I hoped, so that we can highlight, uh, you know, the ways to correct it in our model?
3: Well, I think uh, first off, it's words mean different things to different people. Mm. So we often push for expectations, but we don't pull for understanding. So we
2: Oh, slow down. We, Say that one again. That we was don't, good.
3: Okay. We often push for expectations. We and we send in airplanes, right? Mm-hmm. But we don't make sure they land. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that and that the what we intended to deliver gets delivered. So we have to give the instruction but we also have to ask the questions to make sure that the assignment was understood and the parameters are clear for that individual so what do you need when do you need it um so that's first step
2: is well i I, you know i'll give you a quick one on that one the the word is important when i say the word rose you know that can mean lots of things right it -hmm. could mean in this case you know the flower it can mean you stand up uh, at JMU, we had a former president named Dr. Rose. Is that who I was talking about? Or am I talking about this Rose on an Excel spreadsheet or a Rose in a bleacher? You know, there's so many things that, you know, you heard Rose. I might have been saying Rose in my southern accent here, right? That's right. And so, yeah, I think, you know, just getting clarity. So I love this, you know, what was it you uh you push it out and you pull it back in for understanding. You push for what? Push
3: for expectation. You yes. push expectations. Yes. This is what I want. This is what I need. This is what I expect. Mm. And then you pull and say, "What? What did you hear me say? Or what is it that you think the assignment is? Or
2: mm-hmm. what
3: is it that you're going to start with?" I mean, there's also there's, so there's different ways to be curious about that.
2: Good. What sure. else goes wrong?
3: Well, while people get jammed up in the middle. Because they get busy with other assignments, they oh, get covered up with other work, um, something happens that they didn't expect, either in the assignment itself, so I now have a, uh, let's say that you're building a, building a robot, for example, okay. and all of a sudden the programming is doing something it isn't supposed to do in your mind, That mm-hmm. <laughs> wasn't the plan, but you have to deal with the fact that that's what's happening. So that wasn't, you were supposed to just build the robot, but now the robot, instead of what it was supposed to do, which was vacuum the house because I'm living with the Jetsons and that's what it should be doing. <laughs> and instead, it is um, really good at sawing things and deconstructing things. So it's actually taking apart your brand new deck, Jeff, instead oh, no. of actually vacuuming up the mess <clears throat> that I want done. So
2: I'm chuckling only that Henry, my 10-year-old, we just finished <laughs> reading a book about robots that some things went horribly wrong. In the oh so I'm j- like, oh, that sounds like a book I was reading <laughs> to Henry last night.
3: <laughs> that's right. So things can go wrong in the middle in, in that we can start on something and end up, with something we didn't expect as part of the work. Um, A different part of the work emerges that we didn't have in the time plan, and Mm -hmm. so what do we do about this? Um, And then other external factors can come in and cause problems. Maybe we don't get something from a supplier and it it doesn't come in, and how are we going to, we have to wait on the widgets.
2: Yeah, Yeah, I was with a couple clients yesterday, and very much it was, they could actually get pretty clear on their prioritization, and then emergencies came down from senior management, and so they've reprioritized, but didn't necessarily say back to senior management what happened to the other priorities. Nor did they necessarily tell direct reports, "Oh, prioritization's changed." You know that. And so this, there's this big mess. You got some people working on things and not being communicated, and it's like oh, chaos. So I think that's a good segue into why we've come up with this thing called deliberate delegation. Right. So you mm-hmm. want to maybe uh, give us an overview of the model and start walking us through these various steps of uh, deliberate delegation. So
3: from the Ten thousand foot view. It's about communicating all the way through the process. So that's what I would say. Okay. Okay. So deliberate delegation is communicating all the way through the process. It's about pushing for expectations and pulling for understanding. But it's also about so it's about these four different phases. There's a okay. preparation phase. There's a negotiation phase. There's a fulfillment phase, and there's a satisfaction
2: phase. Woo-woo. All right. So may we uh, let's let's start up here at the top with preparation phase.
3: Preparation phase is what we usually think of as all of delegation. Oh. I have somebody, I've chosen who's going to do the work and what work they're going to do, and I've given the assignment. Right, That's preparing. Uh-huh. All of those things are just in the first step of deliberate delegation. So mm. it's about, wow, I have this piece of work, and I would like to not do it myself. Right. <laughs> I would like you, team, or you, this whole entire um Division or right. whoever I want you to do the work right. and I've assigned I figured out who the best person is and I've assigned the work
2: so that's uh, I've assessed the competencies. Whether it's development opportunity, do they do they have the ability and time at this point? And Not help. too urgent, but you know, right level of importance for this. So that's all in preparation, right? Correct. Okay, got that's it. Correct. Mm. So
3: that's preparation, and then normally, right? We think it's done, and we damn this, oh
2: Monsieur, blessed go forth, conquer, and spring it back done. And
3: I'll see you in six months when it's finished, right? But Sweet. that is just it doesn't one. work like that. No, it doesn't uh,
2: work like come that. Come on. See,
3: the problem is that the person gets to talk back to you. <sighs> I know.
2: Wait, 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 wait. I want to be the boss and I'm talk back okay so uh that sounds like we might be moving in negotiation phase then
3: exactly all right so phase two negotiation phase two is negotiation and that's the talk back phase
2: <laughs> talk
3: back. you want i your, have
2: teenage daughters i you know this phase your
3: people to talk back to you right you want to know where they're listening where they're not it's better to have the teenagers say i don't want to come back at at, at curfew than to just not show up <laughs> All
2: right. So what are, the, All right. What, what are some of the questions pop up in negotiation phase?
3: So negotiation phase asks a couple of questions. What what will um, I need to accomplish this in time? Okay. Right? And um, do I have enough resources? Do I have the capacity? Am I going to continue to have the capacity over the time of this assignment? So it's a question of, of do I have enough People to with me to do the work? Do I have enough time to do the work? Do I have the resources to do the work? And when can I come back to you and ask more of these questions? When are you going to check back in with me? Mm. So it's about the person who's actually going to perform the work uh, setting themselves up for success by asking some questions and pushing back. It is a pushback time. Mm. And it, it those questions, though, should signal to the person who's asking for the work. We call them the customer. Okay. All right. The person who's asking for the work about what will happen Mm -hmm. when, once the assignment is given. So you want those questions. You want to know that the person is thinking about the time and the resources and the what ifs Mm -hmm. as things go along.
2: I'm going to go all the way back to our first couple episodes, you know, and disc matters here, right? You know, so like a driver influencer, they tend to be not the greatest customers. You know, it's kind of a they'll delegate and they move on. They don't leave much time for they let's ask questions. And uh, the the um, supporters and calculators, if they're being delegated to, they have four or five questions. So really important, customer, slow down for a moment to make sure that your performer is able to get two, three, four critical questions answered for success to happen later on in this process.
3: And here's a great uh, question okay. to have in the in your back pocket. You who are being delegated to person delegating to you will give you the assignment and say, do you have any questions? And the answer is I don't have any right now, but I know that I will by the end of today or tomorrow. When can I come back to you to have that follow-up conversation or to whom do you want me to direct the questions that I know I will have? So the answer is not, no, I don't have any questions. The answer is always yes. I don't have them yet Okay. because I haven't thought about it, but I will have them by the close of business today or tomorrow. And where should I direct them that way? the customer that just dropped a bunch of work on you knows that it's not done.
2: Yeah. You know, and I, I find it interesting why don't we slide into the fulfillment phase, you know, cause I've got a couple of thoughts in that one. So as we move down, so good, we've had a good discussion. We've got some clarity. What happens in fulfillment?
3: So we have preparation, negotiation, then comes fulfillment. That's the work is actually being done. Mm. You're starting to work on it. That's when you realize that there's problems. Oh no. <laughs> no it's going to be delivered early, or it's not going to be delivered at all, or it's going to be delivered late, or it's going to be delivered different. Mm. (laughs) One of those four things is going to happen. Right. And which one is it? We're finding out. So that's what's going on in fulfillment phase. And this is a great time for the performer to pause and check back in. Yeah. And that's what we don't do. We put our heads down. We're doing the work. And that customer of ours, that supervisor of ours who gave us the assignment, that colleague, they have forgotten all
2: about it. Yeah, that's You're what we're
3: talking You're not about.
2: on their mind. We, we were talking about that break. You know, th- that's my downfall. It is once I've delegated, I don't always have the best um, putting it down as a task to follow up on, you know, really clean reminders on my, um, you know, uh, outlook calendar and things like that. So, you know, I know when you were talking about this, I'm like, oh, this is one that I, I know I've got to get better. One other one I just want to back up on the negotiation, too, is that it's amazing how often… Um, we uh, don't do that negotiation phase. You know, where people, uh, even in our business, we'll have someone call and want us to put in a proposal. And if I don't stop and ask that question, when are you ready for something? When do you need to buy? You know, we, we think the clock's ticking. Let's get it in 24 hours. And I was reminded of this about two weeks ago. I had somebody that called on a Friday. I'm like, oh gosh, I better, you know, jump on this. But luckily I stopped and said, okay, tell me sort of how would you like the proposal back to you? When do you want it? You know, give me some guidelines. They're like oh we won't start doing this work until the fall so you know sometime in the next month you know, so I'm not wow, now rearranging I'm not rearranging my weekend I'm not you know thinking I've got to get this thing out first thing Monday morning and she was also like you know look I just want to email some bullets and a general sense of what this would cost so now it's not a full blown proposal so that went from you know, three to four hours worth of work, sometime in the next, you know, 72 to, uh, you know, 100 hours to, okay, I'll get to it over the course of the next month. And with bullets, yeah, I'll get to it and it's not that, that significant of a work. So negotiation critical. All right. So t- fulfillment, we're having some success.
1: Right.
3: We're
2: having some challenges. Again. We're trying to communicate with each other. Good. That's
3: right. That's the, that's the if you remember one thing, right? Delegation is communication okay. over time. <laughs> so for communication in the fulfillment stage is letting people know how you're doing. Mm-hmm. right letting people know how it's going that it's coming i oftentimes will forget to let people know that it's going to be delivered on time right as people love that like just wanted to let you know it's coming yeah you should expect it that all of their that that thing that they might come into their mind late at night isn't going to come into their mind because you yes, said yes. This is
2: true. This is good when you do that.
3: <laughs> I hear you. Message received. Message received. So that's a, that's a piece that happens and in both ways. It's nice when the customer checks in and says, "How's it going?" and it's good to signal how it's going as the performer.
2: Let's hit, uh, we're about a minute or so before next break. So why don't we hit uh, satisfaction? Tell us about that so we complete the model and we'll continue the discussion after break. So wow. satisfaction.
3: The work has been delivered mm. or?
2: <laughs> <laughs> or it's not.
3: It's, a, it's the time where we do after action. Okay. How did it go? Mm. Did, did my needs get met? Did, did the job happen as I expected or not? on both sides. Yeah, right? customer, both and side. uh, customer and performer. Okay. So, did I get delivered what I expected? Mm-hmm. Did I deliver what you expected? Yeah. And then what happened along the way so that we can have some shared learning, both about our communication with each other, but also about how to plan and prioritize when we have assignments like this in the future. Mm-hmm. So, it just helps us recognize the obstacles that are probably repeating obstacles that will happen again so that we can better manage our time and how the workflow is going so that's what satisfaction is
2: well great speaking of manage time it's almost time to get a break so yeah. I, I like the satisfaction so um what we'll do is jennifer and i'll pick up on the other side of the conversation with some of the you know things that we've seen and maybe uh, give you a flesh out this model just to touch more so we appreciate you being with us today and we will be back in two minutes
4: stimulating talk gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast all the time the number one internet talk station where your opinion counts voiceamerica.com psych up live with host dr suzanne phillips is an insider's glimpse at a life from a psychological perspective it's a look at what matters to us
1: Phenomenon.
4: <laughs> do, do. All right, never mind. Uh, that's every Saturday at 2 p.m. Pacific time right here on the Voice America Variety Channel. All around the outermost rim of the shield, he set the mighty stream of the river Oceanus, creating Achilles' shield in Homer's The Iliad, book 18.
0: Rachel Carson, in the sea around us, said...
4: The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com
1: You are listening to Volcast Illuminating Leadership. To reach Jeff Smith or his guests today, please call 1-866-472-5788. Again, that's 1-866-472-5788. You may also send an email to Jeff at voltageleadership.com. Now, back to Voltcast Illuminating Leadership.
2: Welcome back, and so glad you could be with us today. It's absolutely a beautiful day in Virginia, and we've got Jennifer Owen O'Quill here, and we've been having an awesome conversation around delegation. And before the break, we had outlined our model, deliberate delegation. And so, uh, as we were talking about break, one of the things we thought might be helpful is to kind of just walk through a case study, sort of say, you know, tell us about where it goes right, where it goes wrong, and let's kind of pick at that. So, we came up with one during the break. So, Jennifer, you want to kind of navigate this for us?
3: Yeah, I, I'd love to. So, I'm, think, I'm thinking about a situation where you have a company that's going to combine two of its divisions. Okay. Okay. So, and instead of the VPs just saying, we're going to combine these two divisions, and this is what it's going to look like they decided to do something different yeah. which is that they turned to the directors on the side of that division and said we want you to form a working group and figure out how we are going to merge these two divisions and make recommendations and get us ready for the process and align your people and then we'll do this uh, we'll do this merger okay and it's it's a great opportunity they wanted to do something to help their directors learn something new, to be able to think about the implications for those kinds of decisions, both financially and on their human resources, right? All of that's really good stuff. And these people have never done anything like that before. <laughs> so that's our case.
2: And, and luckily, there's no, uh, I know, situation that we're, we're talking about. There's no um, internal politics or None, challenges between the divisions or board or any of that kind of stuff, right?
3: No, if people are just – I mean, there's no silos in this organization. It's completely mm-hmm. open, workplace, right? No, not – yes, of course, yes. There is definitely drama inside the organization, just like everywhere. And these two are separate entities. And you can imagine, right, even as they're trying to – take down these two different divisions and merge them, whatever silos existed before have actually gotten a little bit more robust yeah. because of the fear, right, yeah. that it happens naturally when you talk about change and when you're going to move people in assignments and, and how work is done around.
2: So how could this uh, assignment be done better? You know, this, uh, you know, we we grant this to them and say, go, go forth and conquer. What would you have had the the leaders do differently in this scenario?
3: Well, um, expect and anticipate the questions that would come and the need for guidance. Okay. Uh, And that they would need to, they have the third party. We're we're fortunate that we're the third party helping navigate that. But they will need also themselves to show up and answer some questions and guide as well. And Mm -hmm. And the other thing uh, is that this group might not know how to use effectively the third party. Nah. So they, there's a lot of learning about yeah. how to go about um, effectively navigating a change process and using all of the tools, because while well, the leader, the leader forgets what they know. Mm-hmm. Right? <laughs> you don't know what you know.
2: <laughs> she was looking darn hard at me at that one) <laughs> <laughs> feedback i've gotten before okay keep going
3: (laughs) so you know things are familiar to the vps that are unfamiliar to those directors and the thinking that they need to do and the Mm -hmm. direction of the thinking is different for uh, this group and they're going to need to be learning that and that is simply not baked into the plan
2: yeah Yeah. you know for me as i think about this jennifer and, and and other clients like it um This is why time does matter and picking whether this is urgent and how important is this, because when you're going to be delegating, you need to leave some time so people can come back and ask questions for you to be able to teach as appropriate, to be able to really develop and um, be a thought partner for the folks that you had delegated to, your performer. And so you really have to explore, is this the right one? Is this the right time to do it? That's not to keep you from doing it, right? It's not that at all. Um, it could sound like, oh, gosh, I'm never going to do it. No, that's not the case at all. Many times by being able to provide this time that may only take 20 minutes, you may get back hours of time because you've un- you've solved lots of the questions. But if you don't provide that time, then you could end up with a train wreck or some people will just stop and wait until you're available. And so that's the, maybe sometimes the scary part of, uh, you know, if you don't have uh, the ability to give time to your performer. Exactly. Mm-hmm.
3: And, and it's for these two different questions to get wrestled with. The performer is going to not know what they don't know, mm-hmm. and the customer is going to not know what they do know. Right. And so the assumptions that both groups make is what, one of the things I'm watching. And what's wonderful about it is the confidence with which the assignment was given and the confidence in which the assignment was received. And what's coming, right, is that phase where, oh, <laughs> yeah. this is more complicated sure. and it's going to be messy. And that's where the learning takes place.
2: Yeah, and I think uh, the, the leaders that are listening to this so know that's coming. At first, excitement comes. You know, we were watching uh, one of the designate survivor last night uh, on the TV show, and they, they put in an interim uh, chief of staff she walks away with this, just like you said, whoa, I get to be the interim chief of staff. There's a little extra spring in her step. And and so she walks away feeling really confident. And you flash forward to about an hour later, and all of a sudden there's like, I don't even know where to turn to like ask this question. And I know the president's not available. And holy cow, I'm in over my head and it only took an hour. Right. right? And so it's one of those saying, okay, so... Not to scare you into the delegation, just know that when you're delegating, you're going to need to leave some time on the calendar to clarify. It goes back to that fulfillment stage of, hey, you know what? You're on track. You're asking yourself the right questions. I often use a lot of times the the old algebraic uh, formulas where you had to sort of prove the theories in geometry and things like that. Here's step one, here's step two, here's step 16. You don't need to go through... All 16 steps with somebody, but you probably need to give them at least the first two steps the same. Here's the resources. If I was you, here's the first step I'd probably take. At 16, this is what the model, the project that you're working on, roughly should look like. Here's kind of what it should look like, and then let them go away and start to work on three, four, and five. And then they're like, "Ooh, I'm a little lost. I don't know what step seven or eight could be. I've gotten lost into the project now. Can you help me pull back? I still have. I know what 16 is supposed to look like, but I'm in the middle. I've gotten lost." And I always think of that, like to me, when I was doing that back way back in high school, that was like where magic happened. I even wrote that on a few of my exams, you know, <laughs> but it is having that check-in. So whether that's a one week project, checking in on a Tuesday, if you assign it on Monday, if it's a six month project, you know, check in at two months, three months, just to make sure they're still good. So makes sense to you? Absolutely. Yeah. Good. So what do I do to like, is they're having success, right? Um, what do I need to be doing as the customer? So I've delegated this out, and let's say this is maybe a two month project. What do I need to be doing? You know, I'm busy doing all my other stuff, but this project going on over there, what's my role now as the customer?
3: So, one of the things is we talk about designated survivor, mm. designate someone to communicate with, ah. and be curious about when they all meet, right? Mm. If it's a group that you've delegated to, but you have a point person be sure that you know both of those things so mm-hmm. what is your communication directly with that point person and oh, okay. also how are you communicating with the group and when and contracting for that early so that you have those touch points along the way and it's a two for thing one is the person do you have any questions what's what's going on and that can be a phone call it can be a quick message but the other one is a, a check-in with the group that asks hey team <laughs> Let me, let me, give me a status update. What's happening?
2: Well, and I think, you know, so role clarity. Oh, my goodness. That's important, right? Um, we've had a couple of questions, Jennifer, come in. So I'm just going to shift gears um, a touch. So here are a couple of emails. Um, th- there's one about uh, what happens when assumptions are made by the boss? You know, and so there's this. Hi, these- Jeff. <laughs> yeah, well, <laughs> <laughs> close to home here. So there's these assumptions made, and then something happens, right? So assumptions are made by the boss. But it doesn't. The, the assumptions and what's happening don't seem to match. What, what do you do in that scenario? Yeah,
3: I. It, it's a conversation, and mm-hmm. we so we love to build a story around our assumptions, mm-hmm. and the story can get bigger, and then feelings can get attached to the story, right? That are about usually about us uh, and how we're being treated. right. So uh, in situations like that, you have to go back and have a conversation. Mm -hmm. Uh, So, and a real one where Mm -hmm. you say what's really going on. Uh, And if you do have expectations that aren't being met, what are those expectations that aren't being met? If you want more regular communication, what does that look like? If, if you had anticipated having a draft and seeing a draft, then how did, how did you let that be known? Um, so that's a piece of that's a piece of what comes to mind.
2: Uh, you know, I think even on the beginning, what assumptions are we making as we start this process? And so that we lay out our assumptions as well as we know them, right? You know, so assumptions might be here are the number of resources. Here's about the amount of time that we think it's going to take. Here's what I think the challenges are going to be so that we at least are as transparent as possible in that. Obviously, I'm not saying that I do that every time or even a quarter of the time. But the better that you can be at laying out assumptions and making sure that we're all in agreement, uh, the better that's going to be. To your point, I'd also say check in early. You know, So if someone gets stuck, so this is on either side, performer or the customer. If you see someone stuck or you feel like you're stuck, better to call it early because now you can change things pretty, pretty early. Versus, you know, not too long ago, I had someone uh, turn something in and it's due like, you know, Thursday and i get it wednesday night late. Not much that we can do to change. So now it's like this mad scramble. The person had been stuck for a few days before that. If i known two days ahead of time, it'd been easy to switch it around and get that clarity. You know, so i think when you have that confusion, you know, raise your hand early. Would be would be what i'd say. I
3: got a message delivered Jeff.
2: <laughs> <laughs> this one wasn't you, so it's okay. Um, yeah, I do want to go back to just um, the, the, we kind of passed over satisfaction. So uh, let's hit, what is it that we're supposed to be doing sort of as we get to the late in the process? We talked a little bit about the after action review and I would just say after action review doesn't need to be at the very end, you know, even the last scenario, you can do a midstream after action review, but we do get to that satisfaction phase. So I've heard you talk about an after action review, but maybe tell me a little bit about, you know, what else is supposed to be the process? It seems to me that a lot of times, the The project just kind of gets done, and people move on to the next thing. What do you see as best practices?
3: Uh, thank you is a very simple phrase that's often underused.
2: Oh, thank right? you. so
3: if you if you make it a if you give an assignment and someone does the work, thank them for their work. Yeah. Thank them for their work. Let them know that you appreciate it. Mm-hmm. They they stuck their neck out. And here's the here's the trick that can happen is see if that message got delivered. Yeah. <laughs> Think about what that person is going to appreciate. So I had a I had a cohort recently, and uh, one of the leaders said, you know, I was I really wanted to appreciate one of my people for completing a project, and I was going to call her out in a meeting, and thank her, and I realized. That person would hate that. Ah, uh, Smart. And so instead, I and this is the important part. I thought about that person and I realized they would hate that. And so I decided instead to send a really nice email that was that was really thorough in what I appreciated. And they were so happy. And, just, and then I made sure I dropped back by a little bit later that day and said, you know, I just really I sent you an email and I know you got it, but thank really it was great work. Thank you. Mm-hmm. And those things are so important. They Put the biggest wind in people's sails in the spring in their step, just being thanked. So uh, letting people know how well they did and that you appreciate
2: it. Yeah, um, you know, I'll add one, one thing before we go to break. Um, and be specific. So the more specific, like, so thank you. And here's what I appreciate about what you did. And very specifically, I appreciate that you came in on time, under budget. You involved everyone in there. You kept me in the loop each time. And that made this to be a successful project because thank you is good, but I don't know exactly what part I did well. And so the more specific you can be, the specificity is even better. So when we come back, we'll give you some more tools and tips to wrap up the show today. We'll be back in two minutes. Thanks.
4: Fridays at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. The latest business information is made simple with the Voice America Business Network. The professionals in the business world bring you live talk radio shows featuring an array of business topics. Strategies for building wealth, sales and marketing, stock trading, investing, and business technology. Voice America Business hosts are professionals in their fields and bring to the airwaves weekly business discussions that offer up-to-date information, advice, and education. The Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business talk. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com.
1: You are listening to Volcast Illuminating Leadership. To reach Jeff Smith or his guest today, please call 1-866-472-5788. Again, that's 1-866-472-5788. You may also send an email to Jeff at VoltageLeadership.com. Now back to Volcast Illuminating Leadership.
2: Welcome back. Jeff Smith here with uh, Jennifer Owen O'Quill today. And we've been talking about deliberate delegation. So, uh, Jennifer, we got about uh, nine minutes left in the show. How about if I just let you take the rest of it? It's a beautiful That's day, When so right. I go for, go for a run. walk. You know, if i got my run in today, so I'll go for the walk now. Uh, what we thought we'd do is we got one more question in from a listener, so I was going to uh, take that on, and then we'll do some tips and tools, some of our best practices, okay? So, uh, here's the email. Uh, let me get down to it. Uh, the question was about delegating to oneself. You know, so how do I go about delegating oh. to myself? You know, what ideas do we have? And, you know, and what's that concept about? So you yeah. want to take a stab and I'll, then I'll add something to it. I was
3: going to say, I want to hear how you handle that because this is an area of brilliance that I've learned a lot um, from some of the stories you've told about how you delegate to yourself. So for me, it's it's about um, getting tasks on the calendar. Mm. Tasks do not occur outside of a piece of time. Mm-hmm. So assigning tasks at time, mm-hmm. number one, at breaking out the tasks over time. So thinking about the different parts that you'll need to do and, and how you can put in your calendar, the prompt that you need to remember all the parts of it. That way you can stop thinking about it and you can just do the, the project as it comes up on your calendar. So I try to put as many of those reminders in now as possible as I move through. Uh, And I also have space in my calendar for some of those things. So, when I get an assignment, I have a natural place that it already belongs in my calendar. That's helpful. Um, and breaking out all of the parts. I need a thinking partner for that. I'm mm-hmm. not a strong elaborator. Mm-hmm. So I get a thinking partner to help me think through the parts of a project.
2: Yeah, all good stuff. Um, so well done. Well done. So, if uh, only
3: I did it all the time. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, consistency. Consistency
2: matters, right? <laughs> uh, you know, I think that's a, one thing to just start from. Um, all of this in delegation, all these things that we're talking about, you're probably going to fall off the wagon and, and, and not do some of these tips and tools. What I'd say, though, is get back up. Go back to your good habit, okay? It's okay. We all slip up. And so just don't beat yourself up on it. Just say, okay, so I, I stopped doing what I was doing. Let me get back to you.
3: So My trainer says, get up off the ground at the end of the workout. Don't That's let right. it take you, leave you on the ground. That's right.
2: Yeah, I agree <laughs> with Jennifer. Uh, I, I, putting the task on the calendar, um, for me... Um, the first thing I often ask is, am I the right person to do this? And I have to get better, so much better at this. Um, and there's lots of times that it is easy for me to say, oh gosh, I'm going to do it. I will then go to what Jennifer said. I'll put things on the calendar. I put things like thinking time on the calendar. Um, when I write my blog, uh, prepping for the show. you know, So I put an hour um, uh, each week on, to prep for the show on the calendar so it actually happens. But I also put other things. So um, I put things like, Uh, Dates with my children, going running. Because if those things don't get on the calendar, there's almost no chance that that's going to happen. And so, you know, that may be, that's a little bit more into our work life balance and all that. So I'm going to steer away from that for now. But just know that I do that. And Jennifer knows as well, and Lee and others. I don't really like to be overly scheduled and I don't really love to be that systematic. But my life is so busy, it needs it. And so for me, part of delegating to oneself is figuring out what part should you own. Who else can be helping you and then putting it on the calendar and having a follow-up plan for yourself? Additionally, uh, Jennifer knows this about me, but you know I am a planner. And so I'm going to look out a month, two months of what's on, coming on the horizon. And so I'll put things uh, – I'm, I'm getting ready to fly to Denver tomorrow to go work with a company and do the strategic planning. You know, I worked on that information and getting ready for the strategic plan three weeks ago. And then I've touched it two more times but I didn't wait to the last minute. I'm not at that. Uh, there are better people in a crisis than me. So I know myself. And so for me, I know starting something three weeks ago takes that stress away. And then that way I've got time to sort of play with it when I'm ready to play with it.
3: I was, you made me think Jeff of, uh, I took that piece of advice that you, that, and that practice that you have. And I started to implement that really rigorously Over the time that you and I have been working together. And one of the things that happened last week is I got sick. Mm -hmm. And I couldn't come in and lead our strategic planning time. But the fact of the matter is that a month ahead of time, you had a draft agenda. And I had sent it to the group with a series of questions the week before. And so really, all that needed to happen was that someone needed to follow Mm -hmm. along. And if you do plan in advance, you give... And you're ready, right? You you give yourself the ability for something to go wrong. Mm-hmm. And that uh, means that you get to live with a fair amount of peace. And uh, that is what I've watched in you. And I just, our listening audience doesn't get to work day in and day out with you, but you work in the absence of anxiety,
2: yeah.
1: <laughs>
3: unlike most people I've I know you're chuckling, but unlike most people I've met, because the pressure of a deadline is not chasing you. Sure. Because you have thought about it so far in advance. Yeah. And that's a real skill.
2: What are the you know, so as the best practices that you would have our listeners take from today.
3: Communicate.
2: Mm-hmm. Ask
3: questions. Both if you've been assigned work, when it comes sailing in and someone says any questions, the answer is always yes. <laughs> I know that I will. <laughs> well, I don't have them yet. When um, and who should I ask them of when I have them? This Tomorrow or next week. Yeah. So that's always the answer. That's mm. uh, very important. And checking back in and putting that when someone assigns work. Note when you start to do it when you're going to ask Um Questions about it, but also when you're going to signal how you're doing.
2: I love this one that you gave us earlier today. Push for expectations, pull for understanding. You know, I, I, I would say that <clears throat> I often don't do the second part of that. You know, I'm probably pretty good at pushing.
3: Yes, I would say.
2: Yeah, but I don't always pull <laughs> for the understanding. Um, sometimes intentionally, you know, I'm, I'm trying trying to learn, you know, have them have them be able to learn that. But, you know, there's times that I'm probably just going too quick, Right. And so what I would say is a um, couple resources to think about. One would be um, this book by Henry Evans, Winning with Accountability. Uh, it's got a lot of uh, expectations. I remember, Jennifer, when you were coming in, I've read that book. And I got better at setting clear expectations. I've drifted from that, but I can remember thinking about uh, we were going to have an opening breakfast. You know, we literally said, okay, we had, we want at least 37 people in the room. Here's what the banquet room looked like. How many were you going to personally be responsible for? Like getting down to that clarity really was a good practice. And so uh, winning with expectations. I'd also say check out our um, blogs and our previous podcasts. We have a lot of good ideas. And my final one is uh, Michael Hyatt has a couple of good delegation articles that might help you think through some of these best practices around delegation. Any other tips before we wrap up the show?
3: Be sure and let people know how they did. Thank them for their work and Mm. be specific. I really liked your reminder about that. Be specific about what people did so that they'll keep doing the thing that you like.
2: Oh, I was pretty close to going on a cruise. I thought you said be Pacific, and I was already in the water. Oh, we're in the Atlantic Ocean anyway. But, uh, no, Jennifer, thanks again for being here. It was such a joy.
1: Great to be here.
2: Yeah, so keep an eye out um, if you go to uh, our website, uh, VoltageLeadership.com. Uh, Jennifer's got a couple blogs that we'll be posting here in a few weeks that will reinforce some of these key concepts. Um, and if you want to listen and share with other people, we'd love to have you. Again, uh, if, if this stuff is interesting, curious to you, please reach out to us in multiple ways. Um, probably the easiest is send me email at jeff at voltageleadership.com. You can also call us during the week at area code 540-798-1963. Our website is voltageleadership.com. You can follow us on Facebook at Voltage Leadership. You can connect with me on LinkedIn at Jeff Smith Voltage Leadership Consulting or Jennifer O. O. Quill at Voltage Leadership Consulting. Next week we're going to have uh, Lee Hubert on the show. We'll be sure to, uh, you know, make sure that you get information to be ready for the show. In the meantime though, if there's anything that we can be doing to help you to further your career, further your leadership voice, we'd love to do it. We appreciate the notes and comments that we get each and every week. This was one of the topics that people were were interested in. So please know that we take your feedback and we adjust based on what you would like to do. So I hope whatever you're doing, you make it a great day and we're looking forward to talking to you next week. Have a great week.
1: Thank you for tuning in to Voltcast, Illuminating Leadership. Please join your host, Jeff Smith, again next Tuesday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time and 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. We'll discuss another engaging topic next week.